We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. It's Friday, November 15th, 2019. Alex Perutha here with Shannon McEwen. Ken, again, he's he's not here. He's, I think, in, is he the in the Dominican Republic? He's traveling. He's traveling. Um, today we're going to talk pretty much just by low candidates uh, for most of the podcast, but we're going to first start with some news. Carmelo Anthony uh, has a contract, got signed by Portland yesterday. Um, it's funny, like a lot of people have been talking like, oh, this is a great place for Kevin Love or Danilo Gallinari to end up. And Carmelo Anthony's agent was like, you know who's kind of like those guys, uh, but also you can just sign outright for like minimum price, Carmelo Anthony. 
So they're experimenting with that. Um, I don't anticipate him having real fantasy value. Do you feel the same way? I need to see it before I make any action on it. I think if you're in a deep enough league, it makes sense to take a flyer. Like 20 teams? No, like even some 14 team leagues. Like in our staff keeper league, um, which is pretty deep rosters. I mean, we have, you know, those are really deep rosters. He should be owned in that. Um, I do believe he will be picked up. Um, we're in a couple 20 team leagues together. Yes. In those, I right. think you should be picked up And those rosters, even though it's 20 teams, the rosters are, are a bit shallower. We might only have like nine guys on a roster, I think. Um, <clears throat> but I still, yeah, I, I think if, if, if your league goes 200 deep, I think he's worth picking up. Okay. I don't, I don't expect much, Yeah. but at the same time, when you look at Portland's what their position, their situation at the four right now, you've got Anthony Tolliver, you've got Hozonia. Neither one of those players have really worked out. Um, you know, there's been Blazers beat writers hinting that the team should try running Hood at the four and Bazemore at the three. That would hurt them defensively so bad. And Hood's just not big enough to play the four. So there's a there's a pathway where Mello starts earning significant playing time in the very after he gets his legs under him. I don't know how long that'll take, but there is a pathway there with Collins out. I can't imagine Mello being better at defense than Rodney Hood at the four. Like Mello is a liability on defense. He is, but he's got size at least. Like he's got fair you, enough. You know, he's six nine to whatever, two yeah. two fifty. He's got the size to play, especially in today's NBA. He's got the size to play the four. I, I just, I hear you. I know he's not good at defense, I'm not saying, but that team's already, uh, already have has plenty of defensive problems as it is. But well, that's um, true. I just think if you're talking about Mello, Tolliver, or, or Hazonia, Hazonia uh, why not? Yeah, and I, I don't think he's going to take uh, fantasy value away from anybody who is really significant. No, in fantasy either, which is, I think, the one of the main concerns here. Um, speaking of former New York Knicks, Kristaps Porzingis, yesterday in his return to Madison Square Garden, 20 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks, one assist, one steal in 33 minutes. It was a loss. Uh, Knicks won 106 to 103. We're probably going to talk a little Porzingis later. Uh, Nick and I touched on this earlier, and he, he mentioned that he regretted drafting Porzingis over Bam on a bio in uh, NFBKC. Do you, and, and I brought this up, I still think there's a world where Porzingis finishes above out bio in fantasy. Do you think that's possible or are, would you strongly lean towards Bam still? Yeah, on a, especially on a per game basis. Yeah, KP could absolutely. Sure, that's why. And, and I was drafting him well ahead of Bam anyways. I was. You know, like you and a few other guys in the office, we were all pretty high on KP this year. Um, I, I mean, I was happy taking him, you know, I think I might have took him at the back end of the second round in one or two drafts. So I, I was high on him, and I think he's doing really well. He's had one or two subpar games, you know, basically like one dud, one subpar game. He sat out a game or two. But when he's played, for the most part, he's been damn good. So yeah. I, you know, I expect his production to be there. If I could trade Bam for him straight up in a in a one year league, I would do it. Sure, and yeah, I mean, he's on pace to have the best rebounding um, 
season of his career. His basically all of his percentages are down. Um, he's you know lowest true shooting percentage he's on pace for, but you kind of expect that coming off the injury, and I expect that to normalize throughout the year. And when that happens, then his points per game goes up, everything rises. Um, let's see. Paul George made his return. Uh, I famously said yesterday on the DraftKings show, The Sweat, not to play him in DFS, and he dropped 33 points, nine rebounds, four assists during his return. They lost, though, the Clippers, 132 to 127 to the Pelicans, who are without Brandon Ingram. Um, I I don't have too much of a, a take for this, but, like, I mean, he looked he looked great other than I think he had five turnovers. Um. Are you? Do you have any concern that he is going, that he and Kawhi Leonard are going to basically alternate load management situations on back to backs, or that the the, you know that Paul George, because Paul George last year was playing an obscene amount of minutes. He was playing too right, many right. minutes, and so if he only plays thirty two, thirty three minutes a game, I guess what do you what do you perceive his fantasy value to be? Do you think he's going to be a top 12 player like he was being drafted? No, no, absolutely do not. I think last season was his peak. I don't think we'll ever see that from him again. Um, he might have stretches where he comes close to that, but it, it's just last night the Clippers were shorthanded. They were without Pat Beverly, without Kawhi, without Shamit. I mean, there were multiple players that were out that are usually a part of that rotation. So George kind of was, his hand was forced. He had to toss up a bunch of shots. It was basically him and Lou Williams were the entirety of that offense. So I just, I like Paul George. I think he's a top 35 player based on per game averages for this season. Um, Probably, I mean, based on per game averages, probably a top 20, 25 player. Um, But I do worry that he's going to sit on occasion. He might not end up sitting nearly as much as people initially feared, though. I mean, it's a shoulder injury that he's recovering from. It's not, you know, it's not like a leg issue or a knee issue. So he might not need the rest. We'll have to see. On per game base, he'll be fine. He's just not going to be anywhere near what he was last year. I mean, 50 games into last season, he was like the number three ranked fantasy player. And we're not going to see that. Uh, Karis Levert out for four to six weeks following thumb surgery. I mean, this is this is definitely a blow for the Nets and also fantasy owners because Levert has had injury issues in the past, most notably last season, and it looked like he was going to kind of round into form this year. I he's not a drop candidate. I don't th- unless you think he might be droppable. In no, okay. Um, I I would agree with that. Is there anybody you anticipate being able to pick up in the wake of this? I mean, I'm I'm sure Spencer Dinwiddie is going to see more usage. Um, you know, his his numbers on off court pan out pretty well with Levert um, not playing. But in terms of like guys who get extra minutes, what I'm looking at is basically just Garrett Temple and maybe Torian Prince and Kuruks. You know, I just don't know if there's any like actionable result of this yeah i mean it's essentially like if torian prince is available in your league if if you're in a league shallow enough that prince is available maybe joe harris if you really need three pointers um he's he's more of a play now um but those are those are two options i expect dinwiddie will pick up most of the slack which is what we saw last night um that that's just the way it's probably going to be with this with this uh net squad um but prince you know temple 
he just doesn't do enough. I know. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't, he, do, he doesn't do enough. He if you are in a deep enough league, um I I do think there are like 14 teamers that he, you know, since he's going to be seeing 25 28 25 to 28 minutes per game that he'll make sense. But even if you look at his career averages, I mean, last year with the Clippers in Memphis, he played 27 minutes per game. He averaged 8 points, 3 rebounds. One steal, 1.23s. So you're not getting a ton. You know, if you're in a league where that's valuable, then sure, pick them up. But you're not going to get much. You're not going to get much more than that. Garrett Temple with Lavert off the court averages 23 fantasy points per 36 minutes. Yeah. He's doing nothing out there. Yeah. And he's not going to play 36 minutes. He's not going to play 36 minutes. Um, this is kind of why before the season I was toying with the idea of you know you see in fantasy you see handcuffs a lot more in football but if you handcuffed basically the entire Nets backcourt of Lavert, Dinwiddie and Irving probably one of those guys is going to get hurt and then the other two uh, pan out and they're all going to share ball handling duties but um, let's see here Kevin Herter another injury situation out for two weeks with a left shoulder strain um I mean, Trey Young somehow is probably going to see more usage. Um, already averaging like 52 fantasy points when when Herger's off the court. Jabari um, could see more usage. Maybe DeAndre Hunter. I mean, DeAndre Hunter should be available in a lot of fantasy leagues, right? I would imagine so. And he, I mean, he's seen five more minutes per game. It, it, we can't even say it. it's only been one game without Herder right. that Hunter's played, but he played five more minutes in that game. Um, you know, Hunter had a pretty good game last night. He probably you could, or he's had a few good games in a row, but you know, he's, he's worth, he's worth a flyer in most formats. I, I think if you're talking like eight or 10 team shallow leagues, no, but We've we've seen Hunter's been okay. He's been okay. It's it's last night's outing. The reason why it was better than most others because he got a bunch of steals. That's that's right. really where like if he's picking up the slack on the defensive end, you know he can get you twelve, thirteen, fourteen points. And if he's getting enough steals or blocks, he's worth he's worth an add. Yeah, over um over the past two weeks, DeAndre Hunter is ranked one eighty five um, in eight cat leagues, and he's only shooting thirty five percent. So if he can get that up to a respectable number, if he continues to play 30-plus minutes per night, and I don't know exactly if the Hawks are on a four-game week, but if the Hawks are on a four-game week, I think you can pick them up in 12, 14-team leagues and try to stream them in. I mean, it kind of depends on your injury situations, et cetera. But um, I, there's, I mean, maybe Cam Reddish. I'm, I won't be too comfortable um, in that, really. So this might be another situation where there's not necessarily a true obvious actionable thing yeah cam radish isn't really doing anything for me uh alan crab same thing uh it's you know deandre bembry could see more run um and he's an interesting option uh he's going to get you you know his scoring's never going to be great but he's going to get you solid assists in limited minutes he's averaging 3.2 per game right now in 26 minutes per uh he'll get you steals doesn't do you know, he, do, he doesn't get a bunch of threes, doesn't get blocks, but he gives you enough production in the rebounds, assists, and steals that he has value in, in 12 and 14 team leagues. Hawks are only on a three-game week, so that's a little rough for this situation. Sun's actually on a five-game week, um, so there, there might be some guys you could pick up there off the waiver wire. 
Um, getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. Uh, I got tickets to the Bucks game December 13th uh, in Milwaukee against the Mavericks. So I'm pretty excited to see Luca and Porzingis play. I'm going to Bucks Pistons, and I'm upset that I can't wear my Stan Van Gundy costume this year. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't make as much sense when he's not on the sidelines. <laughs> Was he? Uh, what did they play on Halloween last year? Oh uh, no! I, oh, mean, you I just, just dress up as Stan Van Gundy <laughs> yeah, as often as possible. Yes. <laughs> um. Best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA. Today, that's promo code ROTONBA, R-O-T-O-N-B-A. Enter that for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right. Buy low, guys. Buy low, guys. There's a lot of them. A lot of, yeah, a lot of slow starts. Jokic. Mm. What are you doing with the, with Jokic right now? If you if you own him, are you worried? I, not really. I mean, we know the weight has been an issue for his entire career. It's different this year, I'm telling it's you. It's a little different. It looks different. Like, just watching him play, he looks slower, yeah. sloggier. I don't know what the word is, but he <laughs> just doesn't look the He's same. a little he lumbering. Does, yeah, he doesn't look as energetic as he did last season or the year before. I own him in a couple places. Um He's ranked 53 right now. Actually, over the past two weeks, he's ranked 53, I should clarify. Yeah, I... It's it would be hard for me to trade him if I own him currently because he's still he's averaging five point eight assists. Or I'm sorry, yeah, five point eight assists, seventeen rebounds, seventeen points and nine rebounds. Those assists, if I drafted Jokic anywhere, I was expecting monster assist totals, and my team is largely dependent on him getting six seven assists per game. So it's almost impossible to trade him. Unless I'm getting some kind of point guard back or a guy, you know, you have that weird combo of rebounds and assists that makes it very difficult to trade Jokic. So I'm probably holding him in most places where I do have him. But at the same time, I am not buying low on him either. I don't, I don't buy that he's, I don't know that he's more than what he is. I worry, like, where, where are we going to see improvements? Are we going to see improvements in, is he going to play more? Can he play more than the 31 minutes per game he's playing right now? I don't think so. What, yeah, when I look at him play and I see the conditioning level, I don't buy it. So I'm worried. I'm, I'm officially worried. If I own him, I have to hold because I don't think I'm going to get good enough value in return. But I'm also not buying, I'm not buying him because I don't think we're going to get much more than what we already have now. I don't think it – w- it would surprise me if Jokic 
consistently saw over 30 minutes a game for his career on a year-to-year yeah. basis. I mean, if the the thing is, he has to be doing it now. He's definitely not going to the second half of his career. He's, he's not going to, yeah. yeah. The right. second well, half of his career is not, he's not going to happen. Like if you're in a dynasty league, yeah. you're not expecting Jokic to be playing 32 minutes a game when he's 32 years old. Well, and the problem is, if you drafted Jokic, you got him with the top 10 pick. Yes. And I actually, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think he's going to be the, you know, overall for the season, he's like uh, in the 30, 30 to 40 range, depending on the ranking set you're looking at. I don't think he's going to finish there. I think he'll finish as a top 20 player. But the problem is he's going to finish. He's going to finish like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and if you drop a guy, if you if you draft a guy seventh overall, and he doesn't finish, you know, with monster stats, good luck. Especially when it's that weird combination, that well, weird combination of stats. And it's it's crazy too because Jokic is one of the guys you figured had an extremely high floor. Those are the guys you draft basically in the top eight are guys you're like, well, worst case scenario, he's going to be a first round value. Like, that's the worst thing that can happen, assuming he stays right, healthy. Right. And um, the main thing for him right now is just his shooting is off. True shooting percentage is down like 7%. Um, only shooting 45% from the field. His free throw percentage is down to 75. He's only shooting 24% on three-pointers. Last year, he only th- shot 31%. That's been declining over the past two years. So that's a, that's a little bit of a concern, too. Like you said, I... I'm sure you would be able to float Jokic out there and get something. The question is, I mean, what are you what are you getting back? I mean, what's the lowest, you know, value um, you know, you would you would take I you wouldn't trade him for Vucevic, would you? I would not. Right. Um it's Paul it's, Paul George. I, I don't it's close. So. Yeah, it I is mean, close. It is that one is close, but I, I don't, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. So it's it's tough. Um, you'd have to find a guy who gets you that 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 odd combination of rebounds, assists, threes that that Jokic does offer, especially out of the, out of a center position. So it's tough. I I don't. I understand if people want to buy low on them. If and if you can if you can trade a. You know, low end top forty player for him, then hell yeah, move on, move move on that. But I'm I'm skeptical that we're going to see much more than what we've already seen this year. I uh, I would be willing to buy low on Julius Randle. I know the Knicks situation is out of control, uh, but Randle's one of the only guys can seeing consistent minutes, and that's what we were hoping for at the beginning of the year. Uh, has only seen fewer than 30 minutes once this season and that wasn't a complete blowout um you know his again a lot of these guys are just shooting way worse than we expected them to randall is about 10 percent down on field goal percentage he is 14 percent down on three point percentage he is 10 percent down on free throw percentage it has been rough for him but he's still a volume player I think it'll turn around sooner than later. He's basically playing the same amount of minutes, taking the same amount of field goal attempts, grabbing the same amount of rebounds, more assists. I just, you know, he's only been ranked over the past two weeks 153, which is insanely low. That's seven games played per game basis. I, there's, I just refuse to believe he is as bad as he's playing right now, even on a dysfunctional Knicks team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think buying low on Randall is a good call. Um, 
it basically is just a percentage play. Um, his, his his field goal, free throw, and three point attempts are down, but there's there's positives. He's playing more minutes than he's ever played in his career. You know, 34 minutes per game. He's taking more three point attempts than he ever has in his career. By I mean, 3.6 before last season. Dude never averaged one three-pointer a game. Right. He was 2.7 last year. He's up to 3.6 attempts this year. I, I mean, there's a lot of encouraging signs here where it's just like, okay, maybe he doesn't bounce back to the – he's pretty damn efficient last year, 52.5%, 73% from the line. Maybe he doesn't bounce best back to that. But if he's like 47 48%, and 70%, those are respectable enough numbers and his 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 numbers as on a whole are going to look much better than they did even last year. So yeah, I, I buy that. Uh, on your list, you have Draymond Green. Draymond's an interesting case. I'm I'm not buying on Draymond. Okay, but you, um, it's he's worth. He, I think he's I think he's worth exploring. I think he fits the buy low definition as far as like is this a buy low option. I just don't believe that he's going to do it this year. I think, especially if you're in rotisserie leagues, if you're in a points-based league, that's fine. He he could he could be solid for you, but I worry significantly about his percentages. He's shooting under forty-one percent from the floor, seventy percent from bad. the line, twenty-nine under twenty-nine percent from three-point. I mean, these are all things we've seen too. It's not like he's been bad in the percentage categories for the majority of his career. He's had basically one respectable season. On top of that, dude's not blocking shots anymore. He's he's averaging 0.1 blocks per game. He has one block in seven games. One from this guy who's supposed to be this great defensive player. I I don't buy it. I don't think we're going to – I think he'll get you assists. He'll get you – Okay, rebounding totals, steals, but not much else. I would not buy low on him. If I own him, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get almost anything I can. There are there are a lot of factors here. He is he's this is his age twenty nine season, so we can probably expect a little bit of decline. The Warriors are what they are. They're not a good team. There's no real reason to to throw 30 minutes 30 minutes plus on Draymond Green every single night he's had a recent kind of injury history 70 games in 2017 66 games last year and now we've seen this and I agree I mean the percentages just aren't going to get better especially when more defensive focus is on him um, than it ever has been before points leagues sure like you, you can you can buy a little bit low there but my concern would just be that he's going to play like 28 minutes a game potentially set up back-to-backs yeah. i know the warriors are like we're not going to tank blah 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 i just you can you can say you're not going to tank but then still play draymond green 28 minutes and just have him kind of float around out there and just make sure he gets some numbers i struggle to see him being like a top 80 or 90 player um if i'm in an eight-team league and this this is a question I get on Twitter, so I'm throwing it out there. But if I'm in like an eight team league, I'm dumping them for someone who's on the way oh, for sure. I yeah. know there's a better player out there. It almost doesn't even matter who the name is. Like I'm picking that guy up. Um, Ten team leagues, you know, he's probably worth holding. 
He's probably still going to be a top 120, top 130 player, but I would I would rather have someone else who doesn't hurt me in, in numerous categories. I'm actually I'm in an eight team points league with you know some some of my friends, and I had Draymond Green. I just dropped him like as soon as he got hurt. I'm like this isn't this isn't going to work out. And I even I think he's actually going to play 30 plus minutes per game. I think you know you've got the injury. He was out for a few games. Before he got injured, he had a thirty. He played thirty-four minutes in one game. I think he will ramp up. His playing time will, will exceed thirty minutes per. Probably be close to his career average as long as he's healthy. But the Warriors are in a weird space, weird place, and I'm just I'm good. I'm good not dealing with it. Right. Like unless you're D'Angelo Russell, I really don't want anything to do with you from that team for sure. Uh, a couple of guys that I have. Uh, most of mine are just based off of percentages. Um, because I feel like that is the the easiest or the thing that gets corrected most uh, from players and it affects ranking most dramatically because it affects points as well. So it affects two categories. Tobias Harris, uh, 16 points a game right now, shooting horrible from three, 20%. That can't stick. Tobias Harris is at, at very minimum been a 34% three-point shooter for the past half decade. And that's essentially just because of the past two games too. Like he had two, He's bad, been, yeah. it's basically two bad shooting games in a row that caused him to dip that low. I mean, he hasn't hit a three in the past five games, <laughs> <laughs> which is shocking. I didn't even realize that until I went to his, yeah, it's been five games without a three-pointer for advice Harris, which seems impossible. But again, I'm willing to buy low on that. His three-point three attempts, field goal attempts are basically the same. He's rebounding better somehow, despite Al Horford. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on this team. Um, so once that clears up, I think it will. Uh, I think I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean overall, everything else other than the three point percentage looks fine. He's averaged a career high in steals, so I, I'm on board. I'm buying low on Tobias Harris. Uh, another guy to buy low on Rudy Gobert. Um, there's actually like almost nothing wrong with Gobert's stats. Even you know he's aver- averaging. 12.8 points, 13.3 rebounds, 1.2 steals, uh, shooting 68% from the floor, which is great, obviously. Uh, only 60% from the line. So you have basically two there, – there are three things that impact his his low ranking. He's usually – he's about in the 70 to 75 range in a lot of ranking uh, rankings right now. He's not averaging as many blocks as he, as he normally does. He's at 1.3, and he has – yeah, that, that's basically it. Like once you, what, his free throw will probably improve a little bit, not much. Um, but once he starts swatting like two blocks per game, he's going to be the exact same player he's always been. So I, I absolutely would buy low on Rudy Gobert if you could. Fig- if there's someone in your league who is just looking at the ranking and doesn't realize that the stats are basically there anyways, then yeah, go steal him. He got off to a slow start. My concern is it's like it's maybe a week too late to buy low on him. But because um, over the past two weeks, he's ranked 42nd, averaging 15 and 15 on like 72% shooting. But yeah, at the beginning of the year, I mean, it was it was a little concerning um, taking like five shots a game, basically. But it's it's ramped up. And I agree. I mean, if someone's willing to give you Rudy Gobert, I mean, I, I assume he's still going to finish in the top 30 without question. Um I just think, you know, the team that the the mindset of the Jazz is to just funnel uh, 
opposing offensive players into Gobert, and then he swats the shot. This I, I will go on record as saying, like, Rudy Gobert is going to have the best season of his career this year. He, he should. He will play more minutes than he's ever played, and he will. He's he's at right now. He's averaging a career high in steals, rebounds. Um, we like we said, we know the field goal percentage is going to be great. He's he's shot sixty eight percent from the free throw line just two years ago, so he's he's got it in him to improve there. Um, you know, really, if the blocks, he's just down one block per game right now. That's the only thing that's missing. Um, I, I think his playing time is going to be higher than ever with Favors out of town, mm-hmm. and, and that he's going to see, you know, overall the best season of his career. So I'm, I'm buying high or buying low. 30, 36 minutes per game over the past eight games, which would be crazy if he could keep that. There's not very many centers that can play uh, that amount of minutes. My my last buy low guy, um, but uh, is is CJ McCollum. We kind of saw his fantasy value dip a little bit last year. I just think this season, the situation that the Blazers are in, he he's shooting, he's he, taking 20 field goal attempts per game. I don't think that's coming down uh, much, if at all. Another guy where his percentages are down, his true shooting percentage is down like 8%, which is drastic. So assuming he can get back up to his, you know, 37, 38% from the, you know, three-point line. He, I mean, it would not surprise me if he finished this year career highs almost in everything across the board because of the workload that he's playing and the amount that they need him. Yeah, it's entirely possible. And he's really, I mean, if you just have the correction, if his percentage is correct to his career norms, he would be there already right right now. Um, CJ McCollum, I agree. I think he's a buy low candidate. He's a weird one though, because like last season, basically with as, as more and more players are taking and hitting more threes, his value, like he's not doing less, but his value has gone down because there's more guys who basically do what he does, but they also get steals or whatever. Like they also do what they already did previously. Um, so he's a weird case. Like, He's a three-point. He's scoring a three-point specialist who hasn't changed at all in the past four or five years. He's doing the exact same thing, but he's not as valuable as he was four years ago. I mean, he used to be a lock for a top thirty fantasy player, and now yeah. he's like seventy-five ish. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm in the middle of looking up his his like historical fantasy rank. I mean, you're right. Back in like 2015, how many there weren't as many CJ McCollum's quote unquote. Yeah. Um, yeah, in uh yeah, in that season, 15-16, he was the 31st ranked player. Next season, 26. Uh 2 years ago uh went to 51. Last year, 65. Yeah. And the stats, like even the 51 to 65, the stats are almost identical those 2 years. But it's just it's just the impact that he has overall based on the production across the league. So I agree. I think he is a buy low candidate based on the percentages. They will correct themselves. Um, and CJ is also still, he's just a candidate that I like um, because he has huge upside if he ever gets traded. And the Blazers are doing really bad this year. They're not, they're not looking good right now. Um, so it's possible like this is, they're in a scenario where he might actually finally get traded. Like yep. if, if things continue to go bad for Portland, they might finally bite the bullet and trade him. Um, here's a guy I've got. Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Jaron Jackson. Yeah. 
He's, he's off a guy to love. Slow, he's he's off to a slow start. He he's starting to come around a little bit, um, but overall his stats aren't good. He's got <laughs> foul trouble issues. Uh, doesn't play much. He's only averaging. He's not even averaging twenty seven minutes per game. And basically his stats are exactly what they were last year. He's hitting he's hitting more threes, a little bit less blocks, but everything's about on par to what he, we saw last year. Everyone was expecting this big jump from him. So are you buying low? Do you think Triple J is going to step up and break out in the second half of the season? It's tough. Like Nick, Nick and I talked about this yesterday where his foul rate is almost identical to last season. It's pretty much five and a half fouls per 36 minutes. I mean, he's just going to foul out if he if he plays too much. And um, I think so that's that's a point where you should be concerned. You should not. I don't think there's a reason to believe that his rebounding will ever get better, at least this season. I don't think he'll... He's not a seven, eight rebound per game guy. He's kind of like Porzingis in that way. He's got like a, his stats are like a like a bad Porzingis where it's like yeah. he's not really rebounding. He's going to hit threes. He's going to block shots. But on those days where he just doesn't shoot well, he's going to com- be a complete dud. And so I'm willing to buy sort of low on him because I I, I believe in his talent. Um, three and D centers are just hard to come by. You got guys like Miles Turner. You see how valuable they are. We talk about Porzingis, obviously. Um, there's just not that many of them, and so you kind of want to get them when you can. But I wouldn't. I'm not chasing. I'm not. I'm not chasing down a Jaron Jackson Jr. owner and being like, you know, what? Like, what do you want for yeah. him? Yeah, he's still got that tantalizing upside. I think we're still a year or two away from seeing it. Um, he's like a more of a dynasty guy. Yeah. yeah, like people people who are drafting him top forty this year. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's going to work out. I, I'm also a believer in Valanchunas. Um, sure. I think he's going to start seeing more run. Uh, he's been very effective the past few games, and, and can, his usage is in, insane when he's on the court. He still only plays like 22 minutes per game. Uh, Brandon Clark I also like a lot, and I just think that those are going to be things, those are going to be obstacles for Jaron Jackson if he doesn't cut down on the fouls or if he has a stretch of support poorly played games like we've seen already this year but he is he is starting to trend in the right direction so hopefully he figures it out my guess is you know he's still extremely young as well i think he was the youngest player in the nba last season so you know he's still a very young player tons and tons of upside but i don't know that we're going to see it realized this year i mean shit or heck we're still waiting on miles turner to fully realize his upside i mean that's another guy, a similar blueprint, right? But like the only reason why Miles Turner has somewhat earned it is that he like leads the league in blocks. Or you know, last year he he had such a a monster out, output in the blocks category that he was able to salvage the lack of breakout in other areas that we were expecting. Right, and this and for Turner this year before he got hurt and this kind of got swept under the rug or people forgot about it because he got hurt. The three games before he got hurt, he was averaging 39 minutes per game, Miles yeah, Turner. Yeah. So there's going to be guys, there are guys like this who the only way they're going to be fantasy relevant or reach the quote unquote potential people think they have is if they literally play almost an entire basketball game. And Turner was, was averaging like 17 and eight with a you know, one and a half blocks. But that's what people think he can do in 30 minutes. And he has to play 39 to get there. Um, you have some, You have some more guys on your list. Okay, um, Otto Porter. You yeah. you own a lot of Otto Porter. <clears throat> Unfortunately, are you buying low? 
If you don't own him somewhere, <laughs> if it's possible that you do not own him in a league, are you buying low? He the injuries have been really concerning. It's been like all season. Um, and he had kind of the, you know, he was dealing with injuries when he was in Washington last year. I'm a little worried that he's he's kind of I I you know I was joking around with you in our in our work chat on Slack and I was like I think Iowa Porter might be made of glass now. Um, I I'm willing to. You know, if someone is, if someone's basically bottom of their league and they're like, listen, I just need someone who is producing at this exact moment. I have Otto Porter, you know, basically just try to, I would try to steal him from someone who has him and that's towards the bottom of the standings. But I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to get Otto Porter from anybody who's doing well in their fantasy league because they know that when Otto Porter is healthy, he's a top 50 player. And on this Bulls team, they're so thin and so bad that they need him to play 35 minutes a game. And if he can be healthy and get that, then he's he's going to be worth it. And even right now, even right now, his past four games, he's averaging 24 minutes and he's still ranked 75 over that stretch. So he doesn't need a lot of minutes to be a, a relevant fantasy player. So I guess the answer is yes. I think I would buy low on Otto Porter, but I wouldn't. There's no reason to give you know, a lot up for him because the injury situation. The the only issue I have with Porter, like there's some percentage issues, but those are going to bounce back, or you'd expect them to. Last year, after he got traded to the Bulls, he was a monster. He he. And right. The main reason was he was basically doing everything he already did in Washington, but he was playing 33 minutes per game, um, which would have been a career. Which you know it was only 15 games, but it was a career high. Um, so I expected more of the same, and then this season, you know, partially because of injury, but he's only he's only played twenty five per so far. Um, again, partially because of injury, but he's only top thirty. He topped thirty minutes twice in the two games that, in theory, he was healthy for. Uh, and Jim Boylan also came out and said like he wasn't going to run. That was weird. Ragged. Yeah, he was yeah. like, yeah, ideally, I'm only giving him thirty minutes per game, and I'm just, that like to me, we saw what Porter can do in thirty minutes per game. You know, he averages like 12 and a half points and five and a half rebounds. I want Porter at 33 minutes per game, not 30. Those extra right. three minutes matter a lot in fantasy. So because of that, it would have to be an extremely low buy. Um, I mean, this this is for, for dynasty purposes. I was considering trading Culver for Otto Porter in our keeper league. And I, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm right. good. <laughs> I don't need to do that. Like, I just... I have other options to put in my starting lineup that I think are just as good or better than Porter currently is. It's not even about Culver necessarily. It's just that Porter's just not there right now. And I, I'm skeptical. But if I could, if it's basically garbage that I'm tossing away, uh, expendable pieces, then yeah, yeah, I would buy low. Since uh, basically over the past four years, if we're not counting this year, Porter has been a top. 77 fantasy player on a per game pay basis he was 77 and 15 16 then 41 then 40 then 60 last year so if he gets the minutes it's hard for me to believe that he's going to be worse than like the 75th ranked player on a per game basis so if you are trying if you really want auto porter i don't think you should give up i think if you're you should give a player in that 75 to 100 range i wouldn't give up anything more than that given the situation that we're seeing him in right now all right we'll do two more two more guys one cool. bull Lori Markinen. yeah buying low a hundred percent buying low i'm with you yeah nick and i talked about this i think he's too talented he is he's kind of like a he's almost like i i view him as like a gallinari kevin love hybrid okay 
uh, where he not only is he a great three point shooter and for the for two years straight six threes thirty six percent. So the fact that he's shooting so bad now doesn't make any sense to me. And he gets to the free throw line, I think, more than people realize. He is a he is a more of a dynamic scorer than people give him credit for. Um, and I I just think he's I think he's too good to to not yeah. progress. I'm with you, and I think I think Boylan will figure things out. I think I think he's kind of already started to do that. There was like a three or four game stretch where Markinen basically wasn't playing. Uh, the final five minutes of the game, or whatever. It, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't out there uh, during crunch time, and they had Thad Young running. But that's kind of corrected itself. And Markkinen's played 34, 33, 28, 32 minutes past four. He hasn't done much, uh, but he. It's good to see that he's bounced back from a stretch where he was getting basically twenty seven minutes per to back up to thirty two, thirty three. I, I think. Boylan will figure it out, and like if you're if you're low if you're low on Wendell Carter or marking in right now, or even auto we can even throw Auto Porter and Levine any of those Bulls guys in there outside of the point guard rotation because mm-hmm. we're no one's ever going to figure that out for the rest of the year. It's it's always going to be this way. Um, but those other four positions are, they're going to work themselves out, and you're going to see. The two through five, the Bulls, those Bulls players will see tons of run and they'll be productive. Yeah, the Thad Young addition certainly was a reason like for concern. But Markinen's still seeing, I mean, he hasn't seen fewer than 25 minutes in any game. He's mostly seeing 30 minutes. I mean, you just look at the games that he's played at least 30 minutes and he's shooting 13 times a game. Six of those are threes and he's getting to the free throw line four and a half times. That profiles is just a good player and he's grabbing eight rebounds per game. And that he's not going to get you anything for assists, really. He's had some decent passing games, but it's not consistent. He's not really getting you much defensively. But he's a good he's a good scorer. I refuse to believe that he's just going to have this like insanely bad year, unless he's like secretly hurt, which is possible. But uh, they, there was actually mention of some kind of minor injury. Okay. Um, so that that could be. I mean, that's part of it too, though. It, it, it seemed to be completely completely minor. So. That's all the more reason to just go out buy low on him. Um, I think we'll at least see what he, you know, he'll at least repeat what he did last year, which nineteen and nine with two point three three pointers is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, you have one more guy that you want to yeah, touch? Aaron on? Gordon. Mm. This one I'm not. I'm not buying low on Aaron Gordon. I need to get. I get a. I need to get some kind of drastic discount <laughs> on Aaron Gordon to buy low on him. Uh, but I just don't. The Magic are a weird team, you know. They yes. just got they've got, Aaron Gordon's coming off the best game of his best game of the season by far. Um, it's also only one of only two games where he's played thirty two more more than thirty two minutes. Um, but overall, I'm just worried about that rotation. Um, essentially, you've got like no one, even Vucevic. His minutes are down. Um, I don't know, you know. You're going from 34 minutes to 31 for Aaron Gordon. And with that, you have the stats have dipped appropriately across the board. He's still not doing anything on defense. You know, I I don't, his percentages are all in line with what you'd expect from his career norms. I'm just not buying that. We're going to see a breakout from him this year. I don't think we're going to get anything more than what we already have. I think they're too well coached. 
too well coached. Like too like ba- they have too many guys who play like 29 minutes, know their role, get it done. They're a low-scoring team. I think that matters too. They're extremely yeah. slow-paced, but they're playing well. Like it's they're succeeding. They're only they're only 4 and 3, but their expected win-loss is 6 and 5. And you know, you would think like okay, if this Orlando Magic team is 6 and 5, that Aaron Gordon would be playing well. And like we have to remember, yeah, he's like still only 23 years old, which is like something that like everyone says that for every player who's not performing as they should. Like he's only this old. But I think you you brought up a good point with the percentages. If you even including this year, since 2015, Aaron Gordon has shot between 53 and 54 and a half true shooting percentage. One and a half percent margin is true shooting percentage for the past five years. So it's it's really hard for anyone to i think be like he's gonna make some grand shooting leap it's not it's not progressing um really his his efficiency up that much and they're succeeding despite not playing him that much so the, it's yeah go the, ahead the slowest pace part actually is like one of the most alarming things the only team the nba who's scoring less than 100 points per game and also the uh, one of two teams that is holding their opponent to under 100 points per game um the other, the other team doing that defensively is the Jazz, which is not a surprise. Uh, but our way, those games are slog fest, man. They're tied for the slowest pace in the yeah. league with the Nuggets, and I think they're, I, yeah, and I think they're, you know, like they're uh, over under. They hit the under, like I think they're like two and seven for the under or something like that. They just can't score the basketball. You know, for if we if we shifted this to dynasty, would you buy low on Aaron Gordon? I'm not, no. No, I, not even like cheap contract. Let's say he was on a quote-unquote affordable contract. If he was on a vastly discounted contract, yes. But I don't think that would be that would be the case in most dynasty leagues because right. most folks paid for his upside, which, yep. you know, that's the, the keeper league we're in together. That's what I what we saw. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't envision a scenario where I'm buying low on Aaron Gordon. All right, so Aaron, Aaron Gordon's value might be garbage, but... We've got other value in the daily fantasy sports industry. I'm talking about Stat Hero. Big prizes are super attractive. They're nice and shiny, but you have to finish in the top 2% when you're playing on other DFS sites. You're competing against thousands of experts. And to win any real money, you have to beat all of those folks. Even on your best day, you feel like you're losing. Well, now you play something better Stat Hero. Stat Hero is a house based game that combines the best of DFS and survivor pools. Each Stat Hero contest lasts multiple days, but only require one entry fee. So your money lasts longer. Yes, you play multiple days with one entry fee. Stat Hero gives you smaller contests and more chances to win. And no more competing against Sharks or Experts or Shannon McEwen. Your only competition is going to be Stat Hero itself. You play Stat Hero, you beat Stat Hero, you get paid by Stat Hero. Survive the game and download Stat Hero today and see how to fa- see how the face of DFS and daily fantasy has changed. Finally, a game designed for the rest of us. Stat Hero now is open for the NFL and NBA. It's available on iOS and Android. For more information, for more info, visit StatHero.com. Let's talk a little DFS, a little FanDuel. We have eight games on the slate. Uh, highest over under is Minnesota 
hosting Washington. It's 240 and a half at the screen that I'm looking at, which is higher, significantly higher than the next one down, which is uh, Houston hosting Indiana, which is 226. Uh, other than that, it kind of it kind of flattens out. Um, <laughs> I the well, first of all, the Rockets are going to be without Clint Capella. Yes, for this for this Tyson Chandler time, baby. Tyson Chandler time. <laughs> Do you also feel like it's a good time to invest in Demonis Sabonis because this should be a fast paced game? And um, I mean, Tyson Chandler is a good defender, but he's not Clint Capella. And if this game gets up tempo, and if I mean Sabonis is just a monster usage wise. Yeah. Do you yeah, think, I think I, I think though I mean those two games you mentioned are the two that I would be targeting. Um, and if you're targeting the Pacers Rockets, Sabonis is going to be one of the top two or three four options that you look at. Uh, he's super expensive, so that's got to play, but. Uh, He's certainly worth he's he, he's worth consideration. I I know I do not have him on FanDuel. I have him on some other sites where he's a little bit more affordable. But ninety five hundred on FanDuel, it was too tough for me to work him into the lineup. It is a lot. Yeah, I mean, but he's basically you know been forty five to fifty fantasy points uh, since Miles Turner went out. So he's a good option. Right. I don't and I don't really expect I don't really expect the Rockets offense to change like super dramatically because Chandler can kind of still play that screening uh, rim running role that Capella did. But we do have this tool on Rotowire, the on off court stat page, which I cannot hype up enough with Clint Capella off the court. James Hargan gets a 12% usage boost. That's insane. Up to 49% usage. That is 66 and a half fan duel points per 36 minutes with Clint Capella off the court. Um, Westbrook also gets like a 5% usage bump. So I think I think you could... I mean, everyone's out for the Rockets. Every, that is true. I didn't, like, yeah. I only threw I only House, threw in Capella. House is doubtful. We already know Capella's out. House is doubtful. Westbrook's questionable. He's basically... Westbrook's going to either sit Friday or Saturday, one of the two games. Gerald Green's <laughs> out. Eric Gordon's out. Like, they have no one. They're going to be running out Ben McLemore and Austin Rivers. And those two dudes, we already know, they're going to play 35 minutes each and have 15 fantasy points. They aren't going to do anything. They're going to watch no. James Harden cook. That's all it's going to be, all game. <laughs> Chandler's the only – honestly, let's assume – assuming Westbrook sits. Assuming Westbrook let's sits. Let's just assume Westbrook <laughs> okay. sits. Harden and Chandler are the only two options that I'm comfortable with from the Rockets. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't expect Chandler at age 87 to be able to do a lot, but he's going to be forced to play 30 minutes, and with 30 minutes, he'll probably grab 12, 13 rebounds. He might only score. He'll probably get eight points on putbacks alone because Harden's going to take 23 pointers. Do you want to guess how many total minutes James Hargan has played without Clint Capella, Daniel House, Eric Gordon, or Westbrook on the court? Two. Eleven. Okay. Uh, 52% usage, by the way, in those yeah. 11 minutes, which isn't it's, a great sample size, but... If Westbrook sits, it's going, it's, it's going to be insane. You like, have you, to play Harden. You could talk me into P.J. Tucker, um, but Harden, Harden and Chandler are looking like... 
you could really t- good pieces. You could talk me into Harden at like thirteen k, thirteen and a half, even. Yeah, and twelve and a half for tonight. Right. Um. I. I just. It's going to be hard for him not to score sixty fantasy points, um, if Westbrook sits. <laughs> Uh, the, the first game you mentioned though, was Washington, Minnesota. Yes. And I've, I've, I've got a habit now of whenever I see Washington on the slate, I just start stacking players from that game. So the first player I plugged in my lineup, Brad Beal, he's at 9,300. Um, I've got Hachimura, uh, Robert Covington, Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant's actually gone down in price. Some, um, he's still averaging 34 fantasy points per game. He's only at 6,800. Uh, you know, he's essentially had a couple 25 point, 25 to 30 point outings, so he dropped a little bit in price. Uh, I think he's if you're not if if you're not brave enough to go Ch- Tyson Chandler at center, Thomas Bryant uh, at 6,800 is a decent option. Um, anyone, anyone from the Washington Minnesota game. I mean, I would love, I'd love to say Wiggins. But he's nine thousand, and if I'm going with Brad Beal, it's tough to get him in there too. Um, but anyone from the Washington Minnesota game, and anyone from the Indiana uh, Houston game, I'm loving both of those games. Do you do you feel like there's a good center pivot off of Carl Anthony Towns? Is it Drummond? Because he's going Drummond's going up against Charlotte, and I don't think anyone in Charlotte is stopping Drummond from getting twenty and twenty. No, I, the one concern with Drummond is just the fact that. Blake Griffin's back. Um, True. And I expect Griffin will play more than 24 minutes this game. Um, you know, Drummond's seen his his minutes. He's played back-to-back games of less than 30 minutes. Um, I I do I do expect a big game from Drummond, but I not at his price on FanDuel. There are other DFS sites where he's actually it's affordable. pretty discounted. Okay. Yeah, like somewhat discounted. Given his season to date production uh yeah i'd absolutely plug him in uh but if i'm going if i'm going if i'm not going towns then give me some time give me some thomas bryant or chandler tonight sure um mike conley yes back in memphis at a pretty affordable price 6600 it is his low Lowest price, no, second lowest price of the season for Mike Conley going up against a former team. Uh, I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm iffy on some revenge game narratives, but we've had uh, certain members of RotoWire, mostly Eric Newman, cash in pretty big. No, revenge games, it's been not by me, but it's been statistically proven by others that revenge games are not a thing, right? Sure. They, they do not exist. That's fine. But guess what? I'm cashing in on this revenge game. <laughs> no, Mike Conley's been – he's turned things around after a slow start for the most part. Uh, the past four games, he's basically averaged 30 fantasy points per game. Uh, he's locked into 30 or more minutes, you know, about 32 minutes per for the Jazz. He's going back to his court. Like, yeah. it's, it's the court that he essentially – he built that arena. Yes. Uh, he and Gasol built it together with their own bare hands, all right, bloody knuckles and all. They built it. And he's going back there. And I think he's going to have the crowd behind him. I think he's going to put up a big outing. I think he'll probably have his best game of the season. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I personally know. I, I just think of it that from that light. Like no, no statistical uh, data backing me up here. I just think about it from a personal level. Like if I were in his shoes, I know I would go out there and crush it. 
And I, so I expect him to. And the 6,600, I don't know how you move off that. I'm not sure. You know, outside of those two previous games we discussed, right. the, when we're looking at individual players, that was the first one I saw. I mean, even if he weren't playing in Memphis at 6,600, I'd be it'd be hard pressed for me to slide in anyone else at point guard. It would be, it would be, it. I I don't know the right word for it, but him having a bad season, then going back to Memphis, having a great game, and then being good the rest of the season is something that you I can like envision happening so i agree i think i think mike conley especially because you're getting him at an actual discount um compared to what we've mostly seen him at all year is nice um a couple other guys here we we mentioned the indiana houston game i also like tj warren yes in that game only 6400 virtually a lock to see 30 minutes um in what should be a, a pace up game for them not going to touch aaron gordon at 6800 um touchdown beal tatum at golden state is interesting oh yeah yeah i i I can dig that um i the the celtics without gordon hayward right um i mean i could even get behind enos Cantor. um i think his role is going to expand as he gets more games under his belt uh so you could Enos Cantor at 5,200, he could have a decent game. I like Tatum. I like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. You know, Kemba Walker's pretty pretty expensive. I don't know if I would go with him at 9,100. It's a good matchup and all. Um, there are just other guys who I like who who I like more in that same price range or a little bit cheaper. Malcolm Brogdon's a guy that I'm looking at at 8,200. He's part of that Rockets-Pacers game. Um, here's a shooting guard for you. Bogdanovich of Bo- the Kings. Yeah, Bogdan. Bogdan. Yes. Bogdanovich. All in on Bogdan. Monster game with uh with Darren Fox out. In the first game without Fox, Bogdanovich went for 25, 3, 10, and four steals, played 31 minutes, which ties a season high, and he had 52.6 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had two really good games before that, so he's kind of hitting a stride here. He had 32 and 36 fantasy points two games before that. Um, he's not starting though. Corey Joseph, right? Didn't Corey Corey yeah, Joseph, Joseph is, is the filling at starter, but it does it doesn't I, matter. It doesn't matter. It does. Corey, I mean, Corey Joseph. I will say he's. He's somewhat intriguing as a starter. He did play 37 minutes. Um, but he also and in 19 fantasy points, three, four, three, and two with one block with one, I'm sorry, two blocks and one steal. Uh Curry Joseph, forty nine hundred, I could be talked into. Um if I know, you know, if if he's locked into 30, 35 minutes, then yeah, I could be talked into. But he doesn't have the upside that we saw from Bogdanovich. And I would expect, even though even though Bogdanovich is not the starter. Like he's gonna get the starters minutes or the started starters usage is actually a better point probably. Yes, the starters usage more games than not with Fox out. You are 100 percent right in that respect. He he leads the Kings in usage when Fox doesn't play or is off the court. 43 FanDuel points per 36 minutes under that condition, and that basically matches up with what we saw the other day. Um, and I I agree. You know the. The price tag of of sixty nine hundred, I think that might actually scare some people off. Yeah, 
uh, because it is, it's it's such a, a rise up from his previous high of 5,400. And, um, but I think, I think he could easily be worth it. Like we just talked about, like he, you basically expect him to get 35, 40 fantasy points at minimum. Um, and you might, you know, my only concern is that the Lakers, the Lakers are good at defense. And generally speaking, you know, if we're, if we're talking like a little bit of a betting angle, usually interdivision games hit unders. And so my concern would be that yeah. this game ends up with a total that is not great, but it's hard. I mean, even if he has a subpar game, he should still, he, he could still get close to value. He's just yeah. such a usage hog for this team right now. 60, 6,900 sounds high, but then when I'm looking at, I'm looking at other players who are more expensive, you know, I'm looking at DeRozan. He's 78, uh, SGA, Devontae Graham, Buddy Heald. Those guys are all more expensive. And when I think about, okay, what's what are the odds that this guy's going to put up a 40-point fantasy outing? And giving the expected role from Bogdanovich tonight, like I think his odds are just as good as any of those guys that he's going to put up a 40-point fantasy outing. And he's the cheapest one out of the six dudes I mentioned. So that's, you know, that is he as safe? No, but... I, I think I think you know this is a good situation. I think I think he'll probably be underowned relative to what he normally would be because we have these two games that are such extreme pace that I think there's going to be a lot of stacking. I also think the price jump is going to scare people off despite the improved play. So I think this might actually be a good spot to grab some Bogdanovich despite concerns about Lakers defense over under whatnot. Um, any last guys you want to hit on before we wrap this thing up? Jarrett Culver. I'm okay with he's he's the cheapest guy I currently have in my lineup. Okay. Forty four hundred. Uh, he started the most recent game for Minnesota. Twelve points, four rebounds, three assists, two blocks, one steal. That was good for thirty fantasy points. He's kind of been hit or miss. Uh, he's basically went. He's had a thirty-one point game, eleven, twenty-six, eleven, thirty. So up and down, which isn't isn't too unexpected given he's a rookie and his role is fluctuating from game to game. Right. Um, I might move off him if he doesn't start and there's a strong possibility he doesn't. It's been about, I think he's gone like five games in a row where it's like it, his role switches. Uh, so we'll see. Um, he started last game, even with Teague back though. So that's encouraging. Um, if he starts, I like him. I like him at 4,400. I'd, I don't think there's a ton of upside giving the high usage guys ahead of him. But if I know he's playing, if I know he's playing 30 minutes or 20, 28 to 30 minutes, then I, then I like him tonight. And with the Minnesota expected to score 124 points yeah, yeah, in this that game. Part of it's nice too. Um, if you are playing daily fantasy, we encourage you to play on FanDuel. They are offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Have you been locked into basketball? Is there any NFL DFS going on? I am too embarrassed to talk about my NFL DFS stuff. (laughs) Uh, Play against your friends for bragging rights or play against sharps like Shannon for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. 
What you'll get is a free six-month subscription to Rotowire with your first deposit on FanDuel. That includes DFS lineup optimizers, premium articles, draft software, much more. And that's for every sport, not just NBA. We have college basketball, college football, NFL, the whole thing. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. New FanDuel registrants only. Restrictions do apply. See FanDuel.com slash RW for details. So no Ken. So we're going to end this on a boring note. No no outro. No old man rant. I'll just start the music about here and we'll just slowly fade away. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.